Hello and welcome. I'm Alan Hargraves and this is Recharge On Air. Well, what can we learn from the teachings of this so-called two-tier stock market with tech shares on extremely high multiples and the rest of the market way down somewhere else? Now, the valuations attributed to the so-called FANGs, that's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix and Google, are hard to explain in old language. Their share price performance leaves traditional yardsticks way behind. Take price to book value, or PB, that measures the worth of their assets compared to their share price. Well, at best, most have only modest book value at all. Even more so for their price earnings ratios, or PEs, that's earnings as a percentage of the share price. These firms trade way above historic benchmarks. And of course, then there's Tesla. At the time of writing, its forecast earnings for next year amount to less than one-fifth of 1% of its share price, which is trading at 600 times that number. Why is this? Well, there's no shortage of explanations. One is a belief in future profitability. Afterpay, an Australian startup, hasn't had a price earnings ratio for the last four years because it hasn't had any earnings. Now, that's expected to happen next year, but even then, it is currently trading at 1,200 times that forecast number. And there's also demographics. The speed of the technology rollout has garnered more support from digital natives, to the extent that other great performers include so-called Robin Hood stockbrokers, which focus on younger, smaller investors who are more comfortable with new tech. And technology itself is also a driver, as is COVID, which has dramatically accelerated business in online shopping and virtual workplaces. Traditional assessments also underestimate intangibles. That's the stuff it's hard to put a price on, like reputation, goodwill and potential. What can we learn from this? There are some common themes, regardless of the size of your business or the industry you are in. Foremost is customer growth. Netflix's PE climbed to a high of 90 times on the back of expanding subscriber numbers, only retreating slightly when the growth rate started to slow. Amazon made losses for five years, but now accounts for around 49% of US online purchases. But it's not just about customer numbers. Acquiring more of them might be an obvious goal, but it is only the beginning. Retaining them, dealing with them in larger transactions, and doing so more frequently is a key to growing the value of any business. Doing so means looking at your customers less from your point of view and more from theirs. Nor does it mean you have to have tons of data, even though most of you will already have plenty somewhere stacked away. If you are not collecting it, you need to start now. Meanwhile, The people most likely to impact on this are frontline workers rather than top management. If you want to know why customer X moved away, ask them. They also might know how to get them back, not to mention what else they might need and how much of it. As most fangs have shown, value can be heavily influenced by the potential of your customer base rather than by your current revenue numbers. Historic accounting principles, demands for quarterly earnings growth and traditional yardsticks may still have a place in assessing performance, 
but by focusing on short-term rather than long-term, they curb strategies which build future revenues and, ultimately, value. As the two-tier stock market makes clear, the runway you build can create more value than the flight you actually take. Whether that value is sustainable is a different question. It will depend on how high you eventually fly, or for that matter, whether you remain airborne. I'm Alan Hargraves. This has been Recharge On Air. Thank you for listening.